Welcome to the I Might Be Wrong podcast with Travis Seppala, where we discuss faith, dogmatics, science, math, physics, art, and share conversations with all humans. Well, mostly only the interesting ones. Join me in welcoming and encouraging Travis on this journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Travis, and I am your host. And you are tuning in for episode 20. And once again, thanks a lot for for joining, for listening, and continue to share this with as many of your friends and family as you possibly can. And encourage them, encourage, you know, anybody else who does it, that if they listen, um, to also to subscribe or follow it and to give it a, a nice high rating so that continues to help me grow this podcast. If you're looking for a way that you can communicate with me, there is a link to the email for this podcast that will be in the description. So just look down a little bit into the description and you'll find that link and you can send any emails there and I will definitely get back to you. And also if you have questions, topics or anything like that, that you might want me to cover, because there is going to be uh, some episodes in the future where I cover mainly nothing more than listener questions. And already there's been two of the topics that I've talked about on this podcast that have been just a suggestion that have come from different listeners. So if there is something that you'd like to talk about, maybe it's a question, something you want to know about me. Maybe you just want to hear my opinion on a different topic, then definitely put them in because um, then hopefully I can put together an episode where I can answer a number of those questions. Because in a lot of cases, you know, a single question doesn't, you know, might take up you know, a five minute answer or something like that. So definitely feedback. Um, just look for the link in the description. And also in the description, there's a link to my Patreon account also. So thank you very much. And let's get started. So when I was about five years old, uh, we were living in Minnesota, me and my family. And I made friends with a neighbor kid. And and honestly, we did a lot of different things together, enjoyed spending time with him. And one of the things that he was always interested in was things like karate and wrestling. And so I remember he was entered into wrestling, I think it was in first grade, because elementary wrestling programs are all over the state of Minnesota, because wrestling is a big sport in Minnesota. And he wanted me to join wrestling. And, and a lot of times he would, you know, come, you know, be showing me these different wrestling moves that he was learning. And so, I mean, at a young age, I can remember begging my parents um, to be able to do this. I wanted to wrestle. And so by third grade, they agreed to let me join. And then my brother, who was two years younger than me, um, joined the next year. So I believe he would have been in second grade when he joined. And there was two things that became very obvious um, to me quite early on. One is that I absolutely loved it. I mean, I loved it, and I can remember even though even once I would learn something, I w- and if my brother didn't know that, I'd want to be teaching him these moves at home. I just really enjoyed, you know, everything about the sport. And then the other thing was that it became very apparent that I was good at it too. And the reason that became apparent is because you know that first year you're just kind of learning as you go, and and you're up against people who are already a couple of years in front of you. 
and and they know more moves than you and and so you know practice can be just an adventure in not getting you know your butt kicked around and that's what it was but it didn't last that long and and it wasn't until much longer that actually some of the same people who were far better than me well then I was better than them and and most of the tournaments you know by the middle of my elementary years most of the tournaments tournaments that I entered into you know, I was winning. And if I wasn't winning those tournaments, I mean, I was placing quite high. And, and that was a big deal. And a big part of the reason why that was a big deal and is because I was not a, a big person. I wasn't. I was, I was always one of the smallest people in my grade. And almost every wrestling tournament that I ever, ever entered into, I was in one of the, lo- the lowest brackets. And in some cases, you know, the, the only way they would have been able to find someone small enough for me to wrestle is I would have had to wrestle somebody a grade below me, which is what just wasn't going to happen. You know, I don't want to be like the, the fourth grader who has to wrestle against third graders or something like that. There's just this deep point of pride. And so most of my life, I, I grew up wrestling people who were bigger than me. Um, I had no choice. Most of my time in a practice room, I was always wrestling against people who were bigger and stronger than me. I simply had no choice because there just wasn't many partners out there that were my exact same size. And and what that did is it actually made me better and I learned more and I learned to, you know, just, you know, enjoy it all the more. And then something really interesting happened and that was ninth grade. Ninth grade was the first year that I was actually able to compete on varsity. Now, eighth grade, <clears throat> the year before, uh, the reason I couldn't uh, compete then is because I wasn't heavy enough to even um, make wrestle at 103 pounds. I think, I think you had to be, I can't remember something like 89 pounds or something like that in order to wrestle 103 pounds. You had to be at least that much. And so as an eighth grader, I think I only weighed like 83 pounds. But in ninth grade, I hit a growth spurt and all of a sudden I was wrestling 112 pounds and I was on varsity. And what happened is right away from the very first match I wrestled, I realized, well, this is just a completely different animal because for the first time in my life, I was actually wrestling people that were right at my weight. And even when I was wrestling under varsity or B squad, what they called it, um, the head coach was always kind of smart in that sense. He was always trying to put me up against people um, who were bigger than me. And so we went to the first tournament, one of the first big tournaments of the year. And it wasn't like a massive tournament, but it was decent size. And, And without really understanding what happened, all of a sudden I found myself in the finals. First varsity tournament I've ever wrestled in. And then afterwards, looking back and realizing who I beat and being, oh, stunned by that. Because when you first show up, you know, you weigh in, you get a little bit of time to, to, to look at the brackets and then boom, you're going to wrestle two matches and, and they can be almost, you know, with, with very short little time to even think about it. And then, you know, if you win those, then you make it into the finals. And that's what happened to me. All of a sudden here I was in the finals of the first tournament in varsity that I had ever wrestled. And the problem was, is I, I, had some time to think about it and I realized I knew who it was that I was about to wrestle. I was about to wrestle somebody who I had seen wrestle at the state tournament the year before um, because my my dad had actually been taking me and my brother to the state wrestling tournaments because we, you know, he, he just wanted us to, to see it. Um, 
you know, really, it's just an awesome thing that he did. I mean, you're talking about somebody who knew nothing about wrestling. Actually, the sport that he enjoyed by far the most in his life was basketball. But man, I mean, he was nothing but incredible and supportive, learned it and and basically took us to anywhere we any any matches he pops possibly could take us to took us to all sorts of different elementary wrestling tournaments and even took us to watch the state tournaments and you know part of it was just simply out of you know maybe obviously he had developed a love for the sport but it was you know obviously for us and so all of a sudden here I am realizing that because I had been at the state tournament I realized that the guy I'm about to wrestle is someone I watched wrestle in the state tournament And something really interesting happened to me. Over the course of a day, I convinced myself that there was no way I could beat this person. There's no way. Because I don't think I'm good enough, and whatever else it might have been, it was confidence, it was getting in my head. It was the fact that I had a, a terrible tendency, and still do have a terrible tendency, to overthink things. And as I overthink them, I can become anxious as I overthink them, I can lose self-confidence and self-esteem throughout the entire process. And then, and that's what happened. By the time the finals rolled around, I was convinced that there was no way that I could beat this person. And so let me tell you what happened. I didn't beat him. Um, and then the next tournament rolled around, another tournament. And guess what? The exact same thing happened all over again. I quickly found myself in the finals for that tournament. And then over the course of the rest of the day, because finals aren't, don't happen till that evening. So you have hours just to kind of wait for that rest up, whatever else. And as I was quote unquote resting up, actually what I was doing once again is in my own head, internally convincing myself that I wasn't beat good enough to beat the person that I was up going up against. Now I had a great head coach and in my head coach, looking back on it, he knew exactly what my problem was. And, and he was aware of this because the year prior, while I was still in eighth grade, um, I remember he wrestled me against somebody in one of these um, under varsity meets. He wrestled me against someone who was probably like three or four years older than me. I think he was a junior. He had like 20 or 30 pounds on me. And I absolutely went out and I just throttled the kid. And, and what happened is like, you know, my teammates thought it was funny and everything else, but then we had to wrestle them again. And, and apparently like they said they had talked to him and he said this time around, he was going to hurt me. He was going to do all of these terrible things. And they were laughing because, you know, they were telling me like, you caught him off guard last time and don't expect the same thing to happen. And I remember I got into my head really badly and, and I mean, he, he absolutely just, he didn't tear me apart, but it wasn't really a close match. And afterwards, I remember my head coach, Tony, coming up to me and asking, what happened? You know, he said that you're better than that person. That's why I wrestled you against him. I'm trying to get you good competition. I'm trying to make you a stronger wrestler. I'm trying to make you push your boundaries. And I remember telling him, you know, well, I mean, I just, they, you know, other people were telling me that I wasn't good enough to beat him and I got lucky the first time. And I remember him saying, you know, you can't get into your head. That's going to be the biggest problem in your life as you do this is you're going to have to understand that for, for you, the most important space on your entire body is the 10 inches between your ears, because everything for you is going to be about whether or not you can actually believe it. 
And so here I am in the second varsity tournament of my life once again, and I'm doing this. I'm convincing myself. And he was aware that I was doing this. And I remember he took me off to the side and he gave me this incredible pep talk where he basically, you know, right before I'm supposed to go out for the finals, and he he basically convinces me that there's no way anybody in this in this tournament's good enough to beat me. There's no way anybody in the entire state was good enough to beat me, all of this kind of stuff, you know. And I go out, and for one period, I'm absolutely just just doing incredible. And then as I came off the mat, I mean, not came off the mat, there was a move that kind of went out, and I always wrestled a little bit mean back then. And I kind of gave somebody a shove, and we both were going off the mat, and one of my teammates was right there, and he grabbed me, and he's like right in my face all intense, just he can't believe I'm doing this. And all of a sudden, I looked up, and I realized I was winning, and I was winning against somebody that was really good. And I had a moment of pure panic, and once again, by the time the match was over, I had lost. And and this is one of the biggest problems that I faced because I convinced I would convince myself if I had enough time that there was no way that I was good enough to do what it what what it is that I was trying to do. And this is something that that absolutely frustrated my coaches. And especially because in the practice room, I mean, in the practice room, I I mean, I was almost an idiot. I was so arrogant and cocky. I would wrestle or try to wrestle against anyone, anybody, whether they were, you know, they had 50 pounds on me or they were 10 times stronger than me. It was kind of like, well, I'm at least going to give it a shot. I think I can take them down or whatever else it might be. And, and, and the thing is, is like, I didn't carry that attitude out onto a mat, not during the biggest of, of such, um, biggest matches of my life and it wasn't until um there was an injury that happened and so like an injury that kind of happened I'll lose a little bit of self-confidence but by this by my senior year of high school I had finally gotten my head right I had a really good tournament and I can remember my younger brother coming up to me because I was doing this thing I, I I hadn't done it that year but I was doing this thing where I had no idea who this person was that I had wrestled against. I didn't know if, I mean, that I had to wrestle in the championships. Um, I didn't know if he was good or bad or whatever else. Um, but I was having this this inner thing go on where I was overanalyzing it and convincing myself that there wasn't any way I can win. And my younger brother came up to me. And he sat down with me and he told me that there's nobody... There's nobody in this state that can wrestle with you if you decide to wrestle. He said, there's nobody. I can remember him sitting down with me and saying, that person across the gym over there is absolutely ridiculous. And telling me that if we were still living in Minnesota, because we had moved to South Carolina, but telling me that if we were still living in Minnesota, he said, you would be in the state tournament and you're good enough to actually be wrestling in the finals if you really wanted to. You know, he was just, you know, putting that into my head. And I mean, I went out and I absolutely just destroyed this person. And something clicked after that. I can remember looking at my brother. And just so you know, that's how he always wrestled. It didn't matter who he wrestled against. He was convinced that he was better than them. And if he wasn't better, then he was meaner. And if he wasn't better or meaner than them, that he could still find a way, an edge, something that was going to give him the ability to win. Because it wasn't just that he was a better wrestler, it was that he was a smarter, whatever else it might might have been. And that's when it clicked. I just, something clicked. And from that point in time on, honestly, 
Um, there was nobody that could touch me for the rest of the year. Um, and then I got hurt. I got hurt and um, blew out a shoulder, blew out a knee going into uh, the state tournaments and never actually got to see what I was truly capable of. And then I never went to college. And, and it's interesting. The reason I talk about this is I was um, ran into somebody that I hadn't seen in a long time and from Minnesota, and they were telling me uh, that I used to just love watching you and your brothers go and wrestle, you and your brother go wrestle and talk about it. And and he asked me, you know, because neither one of us ever went to college, and he he and I never got to actually live up to my potential as far as I was, you know, as far as like I was concerned, and many other people were concerned. And he asked me, "Do you have any regrets?" And I said, "I only have one regret." And I said, as far as wrestling, I don't regret not wrestling in college. I don't regret not being able to to see how good I was. I don't regret getting injured in my senior year. Big deal. Those are just little things. I mean, at this point in time, I have small children that call me daddy. And, and I don't care, like, you know, the idea of like a state, national, or Olympic championship means absolutely nothing compared to that. I have a wife who calls me husband, and she she loves, adores me, and supports me in everything that I do. I mean, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't matter. But if I look back, I told him, yeah, I have one big regret, and that is that in the biggest moments of my wrestling life, I wrestled scared. I wrestled scared. And everything was destroyed because of that. And part of the reason why that was such a big regret is because once I was done and I wasn't wrestling any any longer, I was carrying that mindset into the biggest moments of my life. Oftentimes, some of the most, you know, important times of my life, you know, the only thing that I could identify in, you know, internally as I was trying to make a decision was fear. And I, and made, I made a lot of decisions based nothing more on fear. And when I finally identified that, because I mean, and, and that took a while, because I actually went in, you know, I had this period of my life where it actually took over me. I mean, I actually had a, a big problem in my young 20s with, with dealing with anxiety terrible panic attacks and stuff like that. I've actually been in an emergency room for stuff like this, you know, convinced that I'm dying um, to the place where it almost overtook my life. I can remember not hanging around with people, not going to sporting events or anything like that, not even going and watching, you know, movies or anything like that with my friends, because anything that could possibly elevate my heart rate had the potential to set off another panic attack. And so, I mean, it it got to where it was debilitating, but once all of that resolved itself, and that's, you know, that's a story, I won't go too deep into that because that's a story for another time. But I I want people to understand, as you're listening, when I talk about the fact that, yeah, it created anxiety. I'm not talking about this in in a very trite way that I was anxious or worried. No, I mean, it, it was actually debilitating. It was terrible. And once I finally pushed through all of that and came to peace with my life, I, I resolved at that point in time that to the best of my ability, I am never going to make a decision or any decisions based on fear. In fact, if the only thing I can identify in my life during the biggest of moments, if the only thing that I can really identify is fear, then I'm not going to do anything. Now, 
That doesn't mean I, I, I'm batting a thousand percent on this because, man, there's been some really difficult situations that have cropped up in my life. And, and still, one of the first attacks that come in the midst of all of that is the attack of fear. That same voice that is just simply there convincing you know me that, nope, you are not equipped to handle this situation. Just give up now. And, you know, it's easy to give into that. It's easy to kind of have... You know, even for a, you know a short period of time, it you know you can you you can become paralyzed by the moment. You can become too convinced that the circumstances that you're in right now are too big for you, and and as a result, it it can actually make you do nothing. The reason you're not doing anything is fear, and so you know this is something you know that's really I honestly think something that a lot of people deal with. That, you know, we're, when we're faced with really difficult decisions, whether, you know, it's something like, well, should I take a job? Should I start a business? Should I, should I move to a new location? You know, should I go back to school? You know, you know, like those types of decisions, you know, fear can honestly become the thing that motivates us more than anything else. And in a lot of cases, the, what fear actually does is it just causes us to not do anything. And so when I say don't do anything, if the only thing you can identify is fear, I mean, don't do anything, but try to find a different force behind that. Don't don't sit there and just say, well, I'm not going to do anything. And then the end, that's it. No, don't do anything until you can actually find something else in your life that's speaking into that moment and giving you the ability to actually make a decision, a decision that's not based on the fear of failure, the fear of not being good enough for whatever it is that you're you're attempting to do, the fear of being mocked by your peers, whatever. I mean, that can't be the only reason that you don't do something. And, and in a lot of cases, you know, some of the most important decisions and some of the best decisions we make in our life, they're surrounded with a lot of that kind of emotion. But if we allow that to rule us, then we make a really big mistake. And it's something I share with people all the time, you know, that the Bible actually t- says something really amazing. It says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He doesn't want us making decisions based on fear. And and actually, if it's not him, then then it's the enemy. It's the adversary. And, and so, yeah, you know, trust me, Satan wants you making de- decisions based on fear. Because if you're making those kind of decisions, you're actually serving him. And you're actually sowing a lot of terrible garbage into your life without even really realizing that you're doing it. Because to give into that doesn't make it any better if you simply say, well, I don't think I'm good enough for this specific thing. And so that's not why I'm, that's why I'm going to just give up. You know, that carries over, that has some lasting impressions on your life. It's not like, for instance, for me, like, you know, I had this problem with not thinking I was, I was strong enough to, to hit these, these really important matches in my life. But then once wrestling was over, I never had to deal with that again. Oh, no, no, it was there. It follows you. At some point in time, I actually had to face that head on. And it followed me to the point of actually causing like terrible anxiety problems, as I said, it, it, to the point where not only was I paralyzed from doing things, but almost paralyzed from just even living my life, period. That doesn't go away. And if, if people are ruled by that, then the only thing we're really being ruled by is the desires of the devil himself. He, he wants us to take that path. And, and actually, 
what God wants us to do and what he wants you to do is he wants you to move forward with confidence in your life, trusting in him, trusting in the fact that he has equipped you for the moment, and also trusting in the fact that he's never too big for any of the moments in our life. And he, he is more than capable of taking care of us. And so confidence, man, confidence is a really, really important attribute to have. And I want to share with, with all of you what gives me confidence right now in my life is knowing that, that really there's no such thing necessarily as like quote unquote failure. You know, no matter what it is that I do in my life, even if I make mistakes along the way, nothing is going to change the way God views me. There's nothing that I can ever do that will make him love me more. There's nothing I can do that will ever make him love me less. And so I can actually live and move and act in this world and just simply enjoy my life as I do that and understand that if I, if I try to go do something different or if I try to make a big decision in my life and it doesn't work out, that doesn't mean I fail. That just means that the God I served actually has a different plan. And if he has a different plan, then trust me, his plan, in my experience, his plans have always been better than mine. They, they might cause me to go down roads that I would be much more terrified to ever try. It, it, they may cause me to be put into situations that I would never elect to put myself into. But ultimately, they have always been for the better. They have always caused growth. And if something does succeed... I'm not going to actually just absolutely fall in love with it and think that this is where my value is found because, you know, in some cases, I mean, success can lead to fear too because all of a sudden we begin to succeed and then it's, you know, we can become paralyzed by the fact that, well, what happens if I lose everything that I've gained along the way? What happens if all of a sudden the economy fails and, and I can't pay for my house or, or all of a sudden my business fails or whatever else it might be? And, and, you know, that can happen too. And man, God still loves me. And that's where confidence is found. It's found in knowing whether or not the plans that I have for my life, whether they succeed or they fail, it doesn't change my value one bit. And you see, when I look back on my own life, I mean, that's why I wrestled scared on a mat. And that's why I could be so good in a practice room. Because in a practice room, I mean, I just realized that this was just having fun and learning and getting better every single day. And that's why I had no problem with going over there and challenging people that were stronger than me or that were bigger than me and convincing myself that I think I can take them down this time and, and have no fear that if I don't, well, that was fun. Now, on the other side of things, when all of a sudden it was like this important tournament, you know, I began to convince myself that my value was to tied to this. All of a sudden, that meant something to me, and, and it meant something, you know, so amazing that all of a sudden, you know, I had to figure out whether or not I was better than this person. And the more I would think about that, the more all of a sudden I would just lose anything and, you know, that even was remotely close to self-confidence because all of a sudden that was a completely different voice because now there was a little bit of fear. There was the fear of losing and the fear of what that would mean in terms of what my value was, because, you know, that, that all of a sudden became everything. And then before long, you know, fear would absolutely rule it. 
and would rule me to where some of those matches, they would happen like a blur and I'd walk out at the end of it and somebody would say, well, what were you doing? What were you trying to do? What were you attempting to do? And I would sit there and shrug my shoulders and say, I have no idea. Because in reality, I was just scared that I was going to lose. I was just scared that I was going to fail. I was just scared that I wasn't good enough. And that's my, my, the only regret I have as far as wrestling goes, that the biggest matches in my life I wrestled scared in. And the biggest regrets that I have in my own life is that the biggest moments in my life have been met with fear and I've made decisions that are based on fear. And some of the most difficult of situations that I've ended up in are a direct result of making decisions based on fear. And my belief, my firm belief, is because when we do that, we're serving Satan. And all Satan wants is to destroy us. And so making those decisions, I mean, that's what it did. It led me down a road to destruction where actually my self-esteem got even worse. And my self-value got even worse, where I was convinced that I was absolutely despicable. And maybe that's you. Maybe right now, you know, you can look back at the moments in your life that big decisions were made when it was really difficult times that really that was when you were at your most scared and you made decisions based on that. You wrestled scared. You played games scared. You did life scared. Or maybe that's you right now. You're like living your life. You're playing this game called life, and you're doing it scared. You're making all of the decisions based on the fear of failure or the fear of what people might say about you or what they might think about you. But no matter what it might be, it's fear, fear, fear. You have to tune that voice out of your life, okay? Because the end of it is destruction, and the person that wants you to listen to it is a destroyer. Find confidence. And the only place, the only place I can tell you where there is deep and resound, resounding confidence in terms of being able to move around in the present is understanding that you have value and it is a deep, deep value. You bear the image of God and he sees you as his son or his daughter. You are heirs to the throne of Jesus Christ, co-heirs with him, Okay. And that doesn't change anything. If your business fails tomorrow, or if you decide to try some brand new endeavor in life, you try to go down a completely different road, or you decide to move to a new state, or try a new job, or go back to school, guess what? If that fails, it doesn't change your value before God one bit. Okay? It doesn't. But fear? Fear can convince us. Convince us that we're worthless, that we're gross, and it can actually bring us to a place where we stop to believe in the fact that God loves us, that we even have value. And that is not a nice place to be, where you no longer believe in what God tells you about yourself, that you are His and that you are loved. So don't wrestle scared, okay? Embrace this life. Embrace it fully Embrace all of the decisions that you have in your life and do it understanding that your value is not tied to how those things play out. Talk to you guys later. Love you.